Get that water out of the goddamn huddle. I'll tell you when you get a fucking water break. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. This is Molly Bay. Today is August 6, 2019. 33 days to kick off. And tonight is Hard Dogs, 10 p.m. We're recording this before Hard Knocks, so you I won't know. get our review. We've been debating whether we should say in the opening that it's the next day and... Because that's when we post the podcast. Right, because we post it the day after, or the next day. We I normally get this uploaded and everything about 1 a.m. the next day, so... Don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. What should we do there? In any case, we're trying to report, record the podcast so then we can watch Hard Knocks on time right when it comes out. 10 o'clock. We have Hard Knocks tonight, Tuesday. Wednesday, there's nothing. And then Thursday, we get some preseason games. And then Friday, it's the Bucks. And it's Saturday, preseason games. What? So football is here, we baby. Are busy this weekend. That's how it's going to be for the next six months. Seven, if you include the Super Bowl and Pro Bowl. Who watches the I Pro Bowl? I will because <laughs> we're going to be in that Super Bowl. That's all right. The, the odds are at 6500 for us to be in the Super Bowl, I saw. It's, it's basically if you put down $100, you can get a lot of money back. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know math. the math. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how that stuff works. Me neither. I want to I want to put money down there. Do it. For this year that we're going to go are to the Super Bowl. Are you going to split it with me? Buy me something nice. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're going to send it straight to your Swiss bank account. I'm how'd on you, to you. How do you know about that? I'm on to you. Damn, damn. <laughs> Buy some Bitcoin with it. Hide that from you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to work that. Yeah. Fact check and follow up. We had talked about how we don't have any 1 p.m. games until November. That's not true. We have two 1 p.m. games in October. Okay, I'm sorry. We? Yes. Me and the Buccaneers. we... What's what's the problem with that? I am a, a buccaneer. Thank you. No, no, you said we said we. Oh. Don't, <laughs> I don't think I said that. I think that was you. Well, hey, look, if I've got to give you half of everything anyhow, then <laughs> you got to take half blame for everything. <laughs> for when you're wrong. So does that work both ways? No. No. <laughs> no. We do play a 1 p.m. game in week five, October six at the Saints, and then we have another 1 p.m. game. I don't have that written down. Other than that, we don't have a lot of 1 p.m. games. So we have a 1 p.m. game week five and a 1 p.m. game week eight. Both of those are in October. Towards the end of the year, all of our games are 1 p.m., but that doesn't start until around week 11, week 10. Well, so we're going to get used to 4 o'clock games, then we're going to switch to 1 o'clock games. I don't ever get used to 4 o'clock games. I, d I don't like the 4 o'clock games. Yeah, I, I don't mean, either. They, you know, but then you get to watch all the other games. Yeah, I don't really care about that. I'm usually too drunk by 4 o'clock <laughs> to really pay attention to the game. Well, now we can sleep in. What do you mean sleep in? Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I always sleep in on Sundays until 11 or 12 o'clock. I hate, I cannot stand getting up on Sundays early and having to wait for football. So I think I love about sleeping in on Sundays. You sleep in, you wake up, you jump in the shower, you put your Buccaneers game on, then football. You ain't got nothing else you got to deal with. Ralph does have an alarm for Sundays to set his fantasy lineup. That is the only time he ever sets an alarm. <laughs> I used to have a watch. I've still got the watch. I just haven't updated it in forever, but it's got a little chip in it for the Buccaneers schedule. Every year you can order the chip and you put it in and it's, you know, it's got a Buccaneers face on it and everything, but <clears throat> when the game's coming up, it'll do a little alarm and it pops up and it shows you where they're playing, the temperature and all that stuff. I don't wear watches anymore though. Got your cell phone. I know. 
I bet cell phones killed the watch industry. Yeah, probably. They killed a lot of industries, I think. Camera CD players. The film industry, for sure. Video cameras. CD players. Cassette players. Industries don't stay around long. What is the oldest industry that I can think of? Prostitution. That's only. Ah, There you go. There you go. I like where your mind's at. (laughs) It's the oldest profession, right? Yes. You know, I bet that's not true. I bet it's like clergy or something. Priests. Holy men. Probably go. Who were probably getting prostitutes. (laughs) All right, come on. Let's talk some Buccaneers. I said I didn't have anything today, but I just looked at my Twitter bookmarks and my Twitter feed, and there's a ton of stuff, which I haven't even talked to you about, and I'm excited to get a candid reaction from you. Okay, let's do this. Okay, let's do this. Alex Kappa apparently is holding down the right guard job. Pretty sure I called that. I don't know if I called it, but I said it's it's a high possibility that he would get the right guard job. Before we got Warford, I said it would be Kappa, but... When, when we got Warford, I was like, he'll probably compete for it. Yeah, haven't heard a whole lot about him. I think we mentioned this the last time. Well, the preseason game is going to be interesting to see because I don't know how much they're going to play the starters, of course. And some starters, I don't think they're going to play at all. Probably Mike Evans probably won't play. DeMar Dotson probably won't play. I think Evans might play just because he's a competitor. But Dotson, I definitely don't think he's going to play. Peyton Barber not, might not play. Levante Davis. I don't know. I think Peyton Barber and Rojo are fighting for that number one spot. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So Kappa's got the right right guard spot right now. Yep. Okay. I'm a little surprised by that, given that they brought in Warford and he played for Bruce Arians previously. And Alex Kappa's so young. But he's never been a starter. Right. So, well, neither is Kappa. Right. Levante, we did talk about this. Levante David had his little knee operated on. <laughs> <laughs> right after we did the podcast, we yeah. found that out. It was a meniscus tear, and he had orthoscopic surgery to repair it. According to Ian Beckles' podcast, it's like not a significant injury at all. He said that he's seen guys tear their meniscus, come back in a week. It's like getting your teeth cleaned. Yeah, so David isn't going to play in the preseason probably, but he'll be fine for the regular season. It's no big deal. Is he going to practice? I don't know. Hmm. Tell you what, his job is not guaranteed. No. The I can't remember who said it, whether it was Beckles or Rick Stroud, but he said that the turf in the practice facility is not great for practicing on. You get a lot of injuries from it just because it's a harder surface. And he wouldn't want to practice on it. I think it was Beckles. He wouldn't want to practice on it if he were still a player. That turf stuff is not really good. It's not conducive for being healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's basically just carpet over top of concrete. So I wonder if teams that play in a dome on the turf, if they have more injuries. I'm sure somebody did a study on that. Maybe. But, you know, I don't know if they got concrete underneath that practice facility or not. Be interesting to look into. Yeah. How they make them. Probably not, though, because I mean, concrete's expensive, especially when you get that. I mean, that practice facility is huge. Right. But then on the other hand, you got to, if you just basically build like a shelf over grass. Right. A shed, not a shelf. <laughs> I'm on my second martini. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you build a shed like over grass and you got to try to keep the grass alive. I know it's definitely not grass, but you know, right. it could be soil and then they just put a you know turf over top of it. Yeah. Don't know. It'd be interesting to look into. That's going to be a follow-up. We should ask Andrew Luck, right? Isn't he into the stadiums? Wouldn't he know something about the landscaping? I bet there's a major for, like... Architecture. Stadium landscaping. I bet there is. 
there's a field for it. Somebody's got a doctorate in that somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, Dama Kong Su is uh, big into architecture. So yes, if I ever get him on the podcast, we'll ask him. <laughs> Outside linebacker David Kenny passed a physical and began practicing yesterday. We heard anything about how he did? No. I haven't gotten that far in my bookmarks yet. Calm down there, Ralph. J.C. Cornell said that, okay, this is kind of cherry picking. This is, I like the stat, but I can see it's definitely cherry picking. Jameis is impressing the coaching staff with his last couple of practices, 12 touchdowns to one interception. So if you just pick the last couple of practices and do his numbers, it's 12 to one. But then what if like, if you had just gone one practice further and it's like 12 to 5, you know? Or 5 to 12. Yeah, exactly. He would get picked off quite a bit there. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's practice. You can't, by any stretch of the imagination, judge somebody on practice. Right. Two different beasts, practice and real world. And we get this every year. We get these practice warriors, you know, these guys that come out and just kill it. Every year in practice, they're fast, or you know, they're making these great catches, or they're doing these awesome runs. And then when the real game shows up, they just crap the bed. Wasn't it Ronald Jones last year? I can't remember who, who was it was. It there year? was somebody last Kenny year. Kenny Bell's the one that really sticks in my mind because he, he was just talked up. There were so many articles written about him. What was that like five years ago? It was a while Four. Back. We need to go back every year and do a expose on who was the the practice darling for that year. Rendak said that David Kenny did get some reps at inside linebacker. Yeah, that was today. At inside linebacker? That's what he said. That's not right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's in. I think his name is more important than the position. <laughs> Let's playing, just go with he's that. playing quarterback, y'all. <laughs> Scotty Miller tweaked a hamstring in practice. So his status for Friday's preseason opener is in question. That's per Greg Amon. Oh, man. That was one day ago. I wanted, to see, I wanted to see him out there. I want to see him get hit. See if he knows how to take it. <laughs> okay. I have some bad news for you. What? Vita Veo went down in practice. Today. What do you mean he went down? He goes Holding up? his left knee. Uh-uh. Yeah. And so he went off the field, but he walked under his own power. And then somebody asked BA about it later. And he said, I don't know anything about an injury. I saw him a little while ago and he looked fine. When was this? Today. Oh, man. You better not get hurt, Vita. I tell you, as much crap as I've talked about you, <laughs> do not be glass. You know, well, you know, he got hurt training camp last year, didn't play for until week four. Right. Missed all the preseason. Can't be having that mess, man. Somebody did post a video of him walking off the field and said, this is Jay Retcher. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it doesn't look like he has a hitch in his giddy up. <laughs> Devin White's catching on the people. <laughs> Well, you know, with these injuries nowadays, man, you can walk off the field fine, and next thing you know, you find out you got brain damage or <laughs> you know your knees on backwards CT. or something. It, it happens all the time where you see these guys walk off the field, and the next thing you know, they're out for the season. Yeah. You're like, what? Don't get it. I don't know. Okay, that's all that I had, except bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. the Buccaneers depth chart came out today. Woohoo! Woo. And I have been checking back all day because we watched a video on YouTube last night on the Buccaneers YouTube channel, and Scott Smith said that the depth chart was going to be out Monday. She Nothing here, on Monday. She sat here and refreshed all day Monday. Yeah. And then all day today. Lies. And today it was the same thing, and they just put it out today. I've seen it. Ralph has not seen it. So we're going to get a very organic reaction from this one. Hope it was better than the 
Vita Vea knee reaction. That was kind of bad. I know. No, hey, I was upset. You know, you know what? <laughs> okay. So Ralph and I moved in February and of course I'm looking for health stuff to buy. Like I'm just the window shopping. Not just this wasn't after we moved. This was like four months before we moved. Yes. So Ralph will research something to death. For instance, a water bottle. He knew he wanted a straw. He needed a handle. I wanted it to be big, be able to fit in a cup holder. A cup holder. Like, he's very specific about his requirements. Me, and, I'm just like... And I, I, I wanted to... See, he's still going. The, he knows all the features. The ice cooler thing in inside. the middle. But so you don't even it use cold. it. No. I know, but I thought I wanted it. Right. So... He's very specific. He always has a set of parameters he has to meet. It took me like three weeks to research all that. Got those bottles, but hey, you have to admit, I've been using those bottles for years, yes, every day. Yes, we have gotten our money's worth for sure. See, there's that we stuff. <laughs> well, that's not, yeah, that is true because you do, you'll steal one every now and then oh, take yeah. it to the beach. So we're moving and I'm house hunting on Bed Bath & Beyond and I'm looking at just different uh, miscellaneous housewares. And I find this paper towel holder <laughs> that is chrome. So it matches our stuff in the kitchen. And it's got this little thing where it like holds, it's like a little arm that sticks up and it holds down taut on the paper towel roll. So you can just rip it like one handed. I'm like, ah, probably you guys so out there, the d- d- tension rod. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a long description of attention. Right? I'm going to post a picture of it. No, I'm not. Um, and so I'm like super excited. I'm like, this is right up Ralph's alley. I know it's going to check all his boxes for a paper towel holder. It's going to be perfect. And he was at a friend's house when I found this. So I had to wait until he comes back. And I'm so excited about this stupid paper towel holder. And I show it to Ralph and it's, Kind of that reaction to the Vita <laughs> Very, Vea thing. It's like, yeah, that's nice. Oh, okay. That's cool. And then she was like so upset. She was like, I thought you would be ecstatic about I this. I thought it was the like, coolest thing. Yeah. Which kind of, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so now I use it every time. I was like, when she's, she brings something up, I'll be like, yes. And while you're at it, when am I getting my towel holder? <laughs> <laughs> or I'll be like, that's almost as cool as that towel holder. So, we still haven't gotten that towel holder. I know we need it, we too. <laughs> we, we have paper towels just sitting on the just counter. Just on the counter. It's convenient, though. Because you can just grab it and take it and move it wherever. What, the paper towel roll? Yes. It is ugly, though. It, but we you know go- what would be more convenient? If you had something that held <laughs> the paper towel roll, and then you could just grab it one-handed, tear it, and you got the perfect number of paper towels that you needed, and it's ripped Exactly on the perforation. And it's got this arm thing that's attached <laughs> to the base that pushes up against the paper towels. <laughs> we, uh, I think we just did like five minutes on our paper towel journey. Yes. The whole point is Molly never knows what my reaction to things is I don't is know you, be. apparently. It's Mm-mm. been 10 years. You're still full of surprises. My surprise is to not be surprised yes. by anything. It's like, meh, meh. Meh. Okay, the depth chart. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. I haven't looked. looking at I'm it. not looking at it. All right, we've got the offense up top. Go ahead. You can look now. Uh, Rashad Perriman. Re- yes. Okay, so our wide receivers, Mike Evans, of course, is number one. Chris Godwin, number two. Behind Mike Evans is Rashad Perryman. And then behind Chris Godwin is Justin Watson. And then behind him is Scotty Miller. Yeah. Huh. So Scotty Miller is number five, six. He's not doing so good on the training camp stuff. Bubba no. Wilson's back there with 
The lump of people. Good Lord, I did not realize we had this many wide receivers. When was the last time we looked at the uh, roster? I don't We've know. got six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen wide receivers. Yeesh. All right, so tight end, Cameron Bray. Oh, and OJ Howard. Howard. Okay. So they have two starting tight ends. Right, so that means they only have two starting wide receivers. If they only had one starting tight end, they'd have three starting wide receivers. Is that how that works? That's how it works. Okay. We did it last year where we had Cameron Braid and OJ listed as starting tight ends, and then Mike Evans and Deshaun were the only wide receivers starting. So we're doing something similar this year. When you have O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid, yes, you put them both on the field. At the same time. <laughs> you start them. They are starters. Neither one of those are backups. Donovan Smith at the left tackle with Cole Boozer behind him. Okay. All right, Boozer moving Boozer. up in the world. Woo. Yeah, what happened to Michael Lidke? He's behind the guard, Ali Marpet. Oh, gotcha. Ryan Jensen is starting at center with Evan Smith behind him. Alex Kappa is starting at right guard with Earl Wadford behind him. Now, Earl Wadford, one of the things that Bruce Arians really likes about football players is for them to be multi-positional. Earl Watford is that guy. He played, he was back up at quite a few positions while he was at Arizona. So he could basically play the whole line. DeMar Dotson's at right tackle starting. Caleb Beninock is starting behind him. And then behind him is Brock Rubel. Or Ruble. Brock. The cool name. We've got some cool names on our team. Brock. Boozer. Zach. <laughs> Zach. Laribius. I like Lidke, too. I think it's a pretty neat name. Bobo Wilson, though, oof, he looks like he might not make the team at this rate. Yeah, unless he can really show up on special teams. Quarterback, we got Jameis Winston, Blaine Gabbert, and then Ryan Griffin with Vincent Testaverde and Nick Fitzgerald holding up the back end. Do you think they'll keep three quarterbacks? Don't know. I really don't. I think it depends a lot on how the rest of the team shakes out. I mean, I think if we feel solid with our position groups, then yeah, we'll keep three quarterbacks. Running backs, we got Peyton Barber first, Ronald Jones second, Andre Ellington third, Dara Ogunwale fourth, and Bruce Anderson fifth. I listened to an interview with Dare today. Oh, he was on uh, Rick Stroud's podcast. He looks like a powerful runner. Just the few clips I've seen of him. Yeah, and I think they're going to keep four. So oh, yeah, definitely. He's competing for that last spot. They, they might keep five. But they're definitely keeping four. No doubt about that. Defensive end, moving to the defense. Adamakong Sue is a defensive end. Behind him is Nacho. That's Rakim Nunez Roches. And then Patrick O'Connor. What is wrong with you? That's my, that's my Irish accent. <laughs> so that's, those are, it doesn't list left or right defensive end. So that's one side defensive end. Other defensive ends, William Golston, Jeremiah Ledbetter, which I've heard his name being brought up quite a bit lately. Really? And Dare Odiingabo. Not to be confused with Dari Ogimwale. I'm surprised to see William Golston first string. I thought maybe oh. it would be Bo Allen over there. Hmm. Yeah. He is uh, back up to Vita Vea at nose tackle. Because Vita Vea, first string, Bo Allen, second string, and Terry Beckner, third string. Terry uh, Beckner is somebody that we drafted. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You would think it would probably have been Bo Allen. I think Bo Allen's a better fit there, to be honest with you. Golston put on weight this year, but he, you know, he's a he's a long, as Bruce Arians like to call him. He's long, and he's not stout. Anyways, you got Vea, Sue, and Bo Allen are, you know, they're squat and stout guys. William Golston played quite a bit inside last year. Wasn't really impressed. He gets he gets moved around too much. I'm not saying he's bad by any means, but. He just doesn't seem like a, a hole clogger. I mean, he's good run stopping, but more of an open space guy. He needs to move around. I thought the way people were talking that he might be on the bubble this year. 
But if they've got him listed first, I don't see that happening. Don't know. Outside linebacker, we've got Carl Nassib. Nassib, first stringer. Noah Spence, first stringer. Man, we called that in January, February. Crazy. We sit here and pat ourselves on the back all the time. You yeah, know, I think you, so, too. you got to take the wins where you can get them. Until <laughs> <laughs> somebody goes back and starts listening to us and says, you never said that. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just start making stuff up. See if anybody calls it. Uh, Anthony Nelson is second string. Shaquille Barrett, second string. Farrington Huguinen, no idea who he is. And Kazim Daniels. David Kenny is on here, but he's fourth string. And then Jason Pierre-Paul's listed on here. Ain't that funny? Yeah, fifth string, though. Yeah. But does that really mean anything for him in his case? I, no, I think they, you know, they've still got him on the roster. I thought they put him on the NFI. They did. Well, then why is he on the roster? I don't know. Yeah. Somebody, somebody asked the Buccaneers about that. Inside linebackers, we got Devin White and Dion Buchanan. Those are the starters. Levante Davids? Not a starter? He's four string right now because he ain't playing. He's hurt. Kevin Minter and Devin, Devontae Bond are second stringers. Jack Cicci and Emmanuel Smith. Third I don't even know who Emmanuel Smith is. <laughs> Me neither. Third stringer is Corey Nelson and Levante David. Fourth string. Fourth string, yes. Quarterbacks, here we go. Okay. Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargreaves. They're going to be backed up by Jamil Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. And hold on. Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargreaves being starters, that's been consistent since before we even got out into practice, I think, in the spring. Yeah. They were saying that. Yeah, they, they, it has been pretty consistent. You know, I, I started hearing stuff about Jamal Dean and Sean Murphy bunting a little bit during practice, but it seems like VH3 is all over the place. I mean, he's, he seems to be really doing good from what I hear. MJ Stewart, they got him listed as quarterback, co- cornerback, third stringer, him and Ryan Smith. Funny, you ain't heard their names at all. Well, Ryan Smith is going to be suspended the first four games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't really heard MJ Stewart. They said he was going to be nickel. They said they were going to move into safety, maybe, and they didn't, apparently. Mazzy Wilkins and Devontae Harris are wrapping up the cornerback group in the fourth string position. Safeties, Mike Edwards and Jordan Whitehead. I like seeing a rookie in there, maybe. I'm glad to see Jordan Whitehead's got that position locked up, it seems like. Uh, behind them are Dakota Dixon and Kentrell Bryce. And then third stringers are Lucas Dennis and Isaiah Johnson. There's a guy we really? have not heard a lick from. No. And then... In last place, holding up the fourth position by himself is Justin Evans. <laughs> Don't make me bring that Chicago game up again. <laughs> All right. So, you know, everything, there's really no surprises here. Maybe the Bo Allen, William Golston, but this is pretty much everything we've said would probably happen. All right. Special teams, punter, Bradley Pinion. Kicker, first is Kyra Santos. Really? Second is Matt Gay. Kickoffs, Bradley Pinion, and then behind him is going to be Matt Gay and then Cara Santos. Holder is going to be Bradley Pinion and then Ryan Griffin in second. Now, see, this is something I don't understand. Why quarterbacks aren't holders anymore? It used to be holders were always quarterbacks. Are you going to say Tony Romo? I'm going to say Tony Romo. <laughs> he you ruined it he for ruined all it. of them. <laughs> ruined it for everybody. I mean, quarterbacks are used to handling the ball every snap. They're used to it. Some of them not very well, but... That poor guy. And if you want to do a fake kick, who do you want picking the ball up and throwing a pass? The quarterback. He's the one that's going to be holding the ball. for. The, I just don't understand why they have... They don't want him getting hurt, maybe? When was the last time a quarterback got hurt <laughs> holding the football? Wait, while you're joking... Or a holder got hurt. Yeah. It's probably happened, but... Yeah. 
While I'm joking, what? Punt returner and kick returner is Bubba Wilson. There we go. There we That's go. how he's going to hold it down. He's going to make the team being a special teamer. Ronald Jones is going to be the second string kick returner, so we're probably going to see both of them at least kick uh, returning Friday night. We're probably going to see a handful of people. Yeah. I've heard they've had Spencer Schnell back there. Who? I think a receiver, like eight string oh, one receiver. Of the 18 receivers we yeah. got. I do not see. Under Bubba. Oh, okay. Spencer Schnell. Yes, wide receiver. So there we go. There we go. We got our team for Friday night's game, anyhow. Yeah. It will change before the season starts. People will get injured. And cut. Hopefully not. Yes, people are going to get cut. And people will lose their jobs for performance. But I don't see... I think this is pretty much how it's going to be going into week one. Like you said, the the William Golston, Bo Allen thing, that, that might switch up. Or even Jeremy Ledbetter. I don't know. And they're going to rotate all these guys anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's this, not really a the, big deal. The only true starters on the line are Domakong Sue and Vita Vea. And Vea's going to get rotated in. You know, he'll, he'll probably get 70, 80% of the snaps. So Sue's going to be up there to 80, 90% of the snaps. I would assume they might rotate him out a little bit more, too, because of his age. Still no. But he's just not the type of guy that likes to get off the field, from what I can tell. I mean, he's been playing for 10 years. He never leaves the field. Yeah. Ever. I think he does a lot of special teams, too. You know, uh, defense for field goals and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, the Peyton Barber running back situation looks pretty much like we said it would. I, you know, we're going to find out about Ronald Jones in the preseason. I think they're going to look at him in the preseason. And if he's not busting him out, I mean, he can't be pulling off two, three yard runs. He's going right. to have to break some. You know, they're going to move Andre Ellington in his spot. He might not even make the team. Who knows? Put Dare up in there. Uh, we're going to see Ryan Griffin probably a little bit Friday. Vincent Testaverde, which one's hurt? It's Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald's hurt. Yeah. He's not going to play. All right. So, yeah, I don't I don't see where a lot of this is going to change, you know, either through performance or people getting cut. You know, as far as the starters go, I do see a few positions where it, it's up for grabs as far as performance is concerned. The but offense is relatively unchanged from last year. Sure is. We've got Chris Godwin. Yep. He's moved up a spot. Yeah, he's moved up where Deshaun Jackson was. But other than that, and Kappa. Alex Kappa, those are the only two positions that are different. Ain't that something? Same old, same old. And you Which know, is great. That was a lot of our concern when Cutter got fired. Was, yes, it very You was. know, the offense changing because we just had such an explosive, never-before-seen offense for the Buccaneers. Right, never before. I mean, this is, this is beyond anything any Buccaneer fan since the beginning of the franchise has ever seen and i want to bring that back to Jameis winston you know a lot of people crap on Jameis winston especially with his turnovers and his poor decision making and i'll be one of the ones that'll sit there and say hey the guy's got to get better with his decision making but he's the best quarterback we've ever had i mean you could say steve young but when steve young was here he wasn't that great you could say doug williams you know but he wasn't here that long the only one that i would say is even close would be josh freeman in the 2010 season 2010 2011 maybe you know, I mean, he was lighted up. I thought he was going to be something special. But James Winston is by far the best quarterback we've ever had. And he's going to break all the, or a lot of the Buccaneers records this year, the ones he hasn't broken already. Right. We've talked about that in previous podcasts, the records he's going to break coming up. We need to keep a list of that, keep a running tally, do a little special celebration when he breaks the uh, record. So stop crapping on the dude. It's like you have never dated a girl before, and then you get a girlfriend, and you complain because she's got, a webbed toe. You know, she, she's hot, smart, best girlfriend you've ever had. <laughs> You're going to let your friends talk crap about her because she's got a, I don't know, a, a scar on her ankle. That's what we're talking about here. Best quarterback we've ever had. 
So shut up. Especially you, Bassinger. <laughs> Jerk off. <laughs> that also brings me up to another point. Maybe since we're, let's, let's bitch about the media a little bit here. Okay. Just it's a been a bit. while since we've done it that. It has been. I know. They've been kind of quiet. All, all they've done has been talking about training camp. Been... I don't know how many of them are going. Good point. Greg Allman. Seen a lot of fan videos on Twitter of the practices. Joe Buck's been putting up Joe Buck's, videos. Yeah. Rick Stroud, when that podcast we talked about a couple weeks ago, was just glowing about the team. Yeah. So maybe he's turned a corner. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Come on, Rick. Drink some Kool-Aid with us, buddy. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about Noah Spence all the time. And here he is. He's starting with a new coaching staff, new defense. He's a starting outside linebacker. <clears throat> what in the world happened with him? We brought this up. We brought this up. And I want, you know, I point to the media not getting any information on this because Noah Spence was not on the field because of performance issues. The guy played well. He wasn't played through an injury. Yes, and he wasn't on the not on the field because of injury. He just wasn't on the field. And nobody has given us an answer as to why. They were just throwing him out there for four or five plays a game for the past two years. Come on. The most we've gotten is Joe Buck's fans said personal issues. That's all I've heard. That's all I've heard, too. But you get a lot of stuff from Joe Buck's fan that they never follow up on either. So I don't care. Give me the information. Don't pull this crap where two years from now you're going to be like, oh, uh, yeah, Noah Spence ran over the coach's puppy in 2014. you know? And right, and they're trying to run him out of town so they bring it up then. That's when they always bring this stuff mm-hmm. up. So I'm, I'm really anxious to see if Noah Spence is going to come out and play lights out like I think he's going to, or at least play very well like I think he's going to. But then wouldn't that to you point to it was a problem with the coaching staff? I think we have no doubt it was a problem with the coaching staff for the past few years. When you've got Brent Grimes out there basically lollygagging on the field, refusing to play man coverage or anything other than protecting his little 10-yard zone area, that that's a cancer on the field and in the locker room. That wasn't being addressed. We didn't hear crap about that until he come out and said it after the season. When you've got the Sean Jackson and the Jameis Winston problem that was going whatever on. Whatever that was. Whatever that, that was. That was so bad that he'd lose his career over it. Yes, and Deshaun Jackson having hissy fits in the locker room and kicking over display items and all this stuff. That we didn't hear about till a year later. Yes, when they were ready to run him out of town. When you've got Noah Spence issues going on. Yeah, I, there was definitely some bad people management going on there. And and bad coaching on the defensive side of the ball. They did not teach these guys how to tackle. or they The tackling technique they used was absolutely horrendous. This whole dive at the waist and legs thing. Just, ugh. God, I don't ever want to see that again. And this horrible... Coverage that they were doing, you know, they gave up ten yards right away. I was like, you can get ten yards all day down, but we're not going to give up fifteen. It was kind of like their <laughs> philosophy because I think I think Cutter had just really pounded it home. They don't give up those explosive plays, which they did anyhow. They were confused, didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was just bad, bad coaching. Cutter was great with his offensive schemes, man. Some of his plays were just fantastic, but he was not good at people management. He was not good at drumming up fan support. He was not good at strategy and mind games with the other coaches. They did it with him all the time. So, like, everything that makes a head coach, basically, is what you're telling me? Pretty much. Don't get me wrong. I like Cutter. You know, I didn't want him to get fired. I think that he's a coordinator. He's a very good coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach. That's what I feel the same way about Dan Quinn over at Atlanta. I don't think he's a head coach. I think he's a coordinator. I think there's a lot more to being a head coach than there is just I knowing football I think so, too, players. and I think that's why Bruce Arians is a perfect fit for this. I think that he 
knows what it takes. He understands people. Yeah, he's. he's I think being a head coach is more people managing management. the people. Very much so. Than your schemes. And the media. And the fans. You got to do all three of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I lump the fans in there because if you're a jerk to the fans, they will turn on you quick. Oh, yeah. And if you don't placate the fans, they will turn on you quick. I mean, if you do stupid stuff like, I don't know, tell ex-football players from the Super Bowl era that they can't come on the field, that's going to piss fans off. You know? And Shiano was just absolutely horrible at dealing with the media. I mean, yeah. he was great at, in his, his conferences, but as Talking far as... football. Yes, but as far as... Marketing Dear. himself. Yes, he wasn't right. good at marketing himself. Yeah, he didn't play the politics and he would just no. he was he restricted media access to the players. That pissed the media off, so they just went after him. Lovey Smith. Oh God, he was a horrible <laughs> Yeah, Lovey Smith just seemed to be all about the football team. He didn't care about anything else. Didn't care about the fans, didn't care about the media, didn't care about he didn't seem to care about strategy or Or football, really. Yeah, he just really seemed to be about the I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know either. Just being a head coach. Nepotism. And name. Yeah. Very strange. And then you got Raheem Morris, who was basically thrown to the wolves, just kind of like the way Dirk Cutter was, you know. But, you know, these are two. Now, we've had three head coaches out of the past four that had no head coaching experience. <laughs> so we just brought them in and just said, here, do this. So I think we got it right this time. I think we finally seen that, well, you know, taking a shot on coordinators and college coaches isn't the way to go right now. We need to win now. But I think we always just overcorrected for our previous mistakes. Yes. Like, okay, so we have Raheem, who's younger and inexperienced. And then he's also is, too he's friendly a, with the players. Oh, he was a team player to the max. Yeah. So then you get rid of him, and then you go to the hard-nosed Shiano. Mm, disciplinarian. Yeah. And that doesn't work. So then you just go to Lovey Smith, who's... I don't know what he is. I don't even know what to say about him. <laughs> well, he was a fan favorite, maybe. Name recognition. Yeah, we, we went from Shiano, who was a nobody, to... Yeah, an experienced head coach at the very least. Yeah, who had gone to the Super Bowl and had right. a good record with Chicago. Mediocre. Average. So, yeah, we just bounced back and forth. Defensive-minded. Then we go to Cutter, offensive-minded. But I think this time we went, all right, we're going to stop doing that. We're just going to get what's best for our team. And I think that, you know, Bruce Arians being out there was so tempting that we really were going to try and get him no matter what because it was just, you know, he's just a good coach, damn good coach. Yeah. He's good all the way around. He's a good people manager. He's good with the media. He's good with fans. Fans love him. Yes. I love him. I never want him to leave. He ain't going to be here long. Stop saying that. I know. It's sad. Till we go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited to see – this game Friday night, a lot of things I want to see. I want to see uh, Noah Spence. You know they're going to have him out there. They're, they're going to have him out there more than one series, I'm sure. I want to say Dayon Buchanan taking up uh, Levante David's position, mm -hmm. see how he plays. I want to see the secondary. I want to see Brian yes, Hargreaves. See, very much. See what he's got in the tank. And then this Mike Edwards that they like so much. Mm -hmm. But you got to also remember we're going to be playing the Steelers' second stringers, basically. I mean, they're not going to have – I. I I, I would be surprised if they had Ben Roethlisberger out there at all. Right. But I don't really mind that because these second stringers, they're fighting for a job, too. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to see all the schemes that you would necessarily see during a regular game. That goes without saying. But I think the effort will still be there. It won't surprise me if Arians purposely stalls us on about the 40-yard line, the opponent's 40-yard line, and tries some crazy plays that you know they just want to try out. 
just so that we could try Matt Gay kicking from 57 <laughs> over 50 yards? I am really surprised that he's second string behind Cairo. They'll probably switch him. Uh, week two, Matt Gay will be Maybe. first string. But then will the narrative be that Matt Gay is winning the starting <laughs> job? Of course you not. Know? Really, yeah. All right, Football Friday. We'll do Friday. You're going to talk about the Steelers and what to expect from that game. Yes. Who we might see on the field. The rivalry between Bruce Arians and Mike Tomlin. And we're going to cover a review of Hard Knocks. Yeah. I hope it starts off dramatic immediately. Oh, you know it will. <laughs> this is... This is John Gruden. He can't not be on the screen without, one, making it all about him. Oh, my him, God. Two. I couldn't stand listening to him on Monday Night Football. Is this going to be the whole oh, no. series? No, no, it's no. Different. Him on Monday Night Football was totally different than him as a football coach okay. because a Monday Night Football coach, he loved everybody. Oh, yeah. You know, he was like, this is the greatest player that's ever played yeah. full game football. And then the guy right across from him was the greatest. <laughs> I mean, he was good. As a football coach... Pretty much the exact opposite. He hates everybody. Yeah, he's out there in your face screaming, calling you, cussing you out. He's an old school coach, kind of. Early early 2000s old school. <laughs> that was like 20 years ago almost. That's crazy. I remember that game, the Tuck Rule game. Great game, great game. Probably one of the best games I ever watched. And when Vinatieri kicked that field goal to win the game, I turned to everybody and I said, we're getting John Gruden as a head coach. Don't know why I thought that, but I just knew it was coming. Nobody nobody talked about it before, but I was like, we're getting John Gruden as a head coach. Sure enough, we did. And I was like, that was the weirdest, weirdest year because my hockey team is the New Jersey Devils. My race car driver was Matt Kenseth. This was back when I used to follow NASCAR. My football team were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. The New Jersey Devils won the Stanley Cup. And Matt Kenseth won the championship. That will never, ever, ever happen again. You know, I, I should have bought a lottery ticket that year. I don't even know if they had lottery tickets back then, but I should have bought one. <laughs> it's like the horses that win all three races. What are they called? What's that called? The It's not the, the Preakness. I think that's one of the races. You can, you can do it. Kentucky Derby, the Belmont, and the Preakness. <laughs> were, uh, sure, I guess. But what's it called when they win all three of them? I don't remember. Uh, you could do a follow-up. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Till next time. Go Bucks.